Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Greetings and welcome to Military Network Radio. We're so glad that you've joined us this morning. I am joined by co-host Jason McNamara. Jason, good morning. Hey, good morning, everyone. You know, it's funny. We're talking about a topic today that is so incredibly important to everyone, and that is sleep. And it's interesting when you think about it. I know many members of my family who've been in the military, they can sleep at the drop of a hat because they learned how to do so in active duty service so that they can simply turn their brains off, get the rest they need, and keep on going under very arduous circumstances. And then there are those who find that after service or even during service, they cannot sleep due to high levels of adrenaline and cortisol and all kinds of things that make it different. So service does seem to affect sleep, both good and bad. And Jason, I'd love you to speak on both active duty and veteran status and see if you have some insights on sleep and service. I, uh, I have a unique perspective, one, because I love it, uh, but two, I have a, a colleague of mine who's actually a board-certified sleep specialist and mm-hmm. uh, had shared some uh, stories of mine after the service, and he enlightened me with all kinds of information, so I'm, I'm delighted to share that today oh, with good. our audience. But um, a couple of things. One, I, uh, I think you're, you're spot on with um, the assessment of active duty. I, I think um, most of us in the military figure out how to take opportunities where they exist, whether that's back in the rear and we're um, just doing stuff uh, at our commands and we get our lunch break and we head back for a quick nap, or if we're deployed into training and we learn how to sleep on the way out there, or we learn to get a cat nap here or a cat nap there. Um, it's, it's vital, what I would say, to, to a typical um, military member's existence because it helps, it helps plug up some of the white space. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, you know, we, um, for those veterans that have gone through cra- just simple craziness, um, coming back to reality is different. And um, I, I know myself, after coming back from Iraq, um, woke up in violent sweats and outbreaks. Um, and, you know, I would find comfort in some dependencies, be it alcohol or otherwise. And um, you try to figure out yourself you can get back to that place of, of normalcy, um, you, what you find is that you don't actually get back to a place of normalcy. You just have a new normal that's set, but you can adjust on that. Um, as I was talking to my friends about um, some of the sleep patterns that I was experiencing post-deployment, uh, he shared with me some crazy information about just the, the misdiagnosis of sleep problems. And um, he said that sleep problems are the number one cause of most chronic um, or acute issues and that Mm. we traditionally don't pay attention to it because we just sort of brush it by like, oh, last night I didn't get, you know, eight hours of sleep. I only got four hours. Um, What he suggested, (laughs) what he suggested was that um, we all have what's called a sleep bank. And what he, what he subscribes to is that 
no matter what type of human you are and no matter how much sleep you think you need, um, be it little or more, every human biologically needs eight hours of sleep to rebuild themselves. And if you think about it in a big scenario, if you have eight hours of sleep on a Monday, you are essentially break even for Monday. But on Tuesday, if you only have seven hours of sleep, then you're negative one hour at the end of Tuesday. And when you step into Wednesday, you're already negative one hour and you have to essentially make that up. So the way that you do that is you either sleep nine hours or for all of us that are you know busy in the world and we forget to sleep, um, we end up creating a, a very large deficit. So let's just play this out. So Wednesday we have... Um, this is depressing, for, Jason. Yeah, I know, I know. And so, <laughs> so Wednesday we sleep for seven hours, right? right? And so now we're at a negative two deficit. And now maybe Thursday we also sleep for seven or six hours. And now we're minus three or four on the deficit. And imagine this, this repetition sort of taking through your entire life course. And you end up with hours of, of, of sleep that are missing from your life, let alone if you're a veteran and you're struggling with just trying to get to sleep. And so, um, it's an epidemic that I think it goes um, untouched. I'm glad we're talking about it today, and I'm, I'm pleased to join everyone today. Yeah, it, it really is huge. And it's estimated that one in three Americans has difficulty with sleep, veteran or no. And it is such a vital function of our bodies because that's when we repair. It's when there's a lot of functioning going on. But I'm going to bring in our guest because we are coming up on break very quickly. And I'd love to introduce you to Dr. Binyamin Rothstein, an osteopathic physician. And he's an amazing expert on, on sleep and a veteran. And so, Binyamin, welcome to Military Network Radio. Thank you. So good to be here. It's a delight. First of all, we have just a little bit of time before the first break. So let's talk about what functional medicine is and how you get to the root of sleep issues and other issues that are chronic and, and reply a little bit on what Jason talked about. Well, the, um, the concept of functional medicine is really rational medicine. And my take on it is that there's, there's no one path that fills all a person's needs. There are diseases, chronic and acute. There are needs, nutritional, emotional, sleep, movement. Um, there's all kinds of needs we have. And the, the real idea of medicine being functional, any kind of real truly integrative type medicine is to integrate as many aspects of medicine as possible to bring a person to balance. So when you're in balance, everything works better. It's very simple. The better you're balanced, the better you're functioning. Mm-hmm. When we're out of balance, then everything starts to fall apart slowly, slowly. You can only go so far when you're out of balance. How far can you ride a bike if you're out of balance? You don't go so far. it goes right back to what Jason was saying, is if you end up with a sleep deficit, you're not doing your body any good. No, you're not. You're not. The real question is, is that um, everyone has a question, how much sleep do I really, really need? I really need eight hours some nine, some need four. What, what's, the, what's the balance? The hardest part in call, talking about sleep is how much sleep does a person really need? You know, we have a 24-hour day, and we have some people get, say they get nine hours sleep, but then they're up another 19 hours after that. Then the next night they get less because there's a balance, and they've got to kind of have a hard time figuring out that balance makes them function optimally throughout the week. So, you know, ideally they say eight hours of sleep a person should have. 
the practical reality is most of us can't really do that every day, have eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you make it practical and realistic and optimal for persons in their status in life? So we have the ideals, but the ideals are really just ideals. And how do you get as close as possible to what makes a person function the best they can given their situation? And a perfect time for a break. So we will talk further about how we do that Um, after the break. You're listening to Dr. Binyamin Rothstein, Army veteran, about sleep and service and the vital importance of sleep. We will be back after these very short messages, and we all want to learn more about how to get better, more restful, restorative sleep. Stay with us. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. This is D.V. Kidd from NewsWithViews.com. My new book, Taking Politics Out of Solutions, is now available. Why is it nothing changes no matter who you vote for? My book covers the most critical issues eating this country alive, as well as the solutions that are already there that Congress and the agenda-driven media don't want you to know. From the disaster of our economy, why we will never have any economic freedom until the Fed is abolished, trade, the meltdown underway called Obamacare, the truth about Social Security and Medicare, and the fraudulent ratification of the 17th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, a very big issue that affects every American. The answers and solutions are in my book that all Americans need to read because the worst is coming at us like a freight train. To order, please call one 800 955 New Year's resolutions don't work if a person is a mess. That's someone who clings to a bad habit. 88% of Americans make at least one New Year's resolution. And 80% of those folks fail by January 20th due to the dislike and fear of change. What's the word for the fear of change? Kynotophobia. With quite a few related to losing weight, at least you don't have to lose as much weight this year to be average as 66% of Americans are now considered to be overweight. Don't feel bad if you don't keep your New Year's resolution. It's hard to be flaskusable. That means changeable, from an old French word meaning to bend. If you're celebrating at a New Year's party, try not to get carried away. In fact, try to leave without any help at all. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We are talking about sleep today, something that all of us usually crave far more. And if you ask someone, what do you think about sleep? They usually say, I love it and want more of it. So, Jason, on the break, you had a question. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, just sort of the, the fundamental question of um, why is it actually important to our existence and, and um, why is it something that we still struggle with if it's so important? <laughs> Good point. Whoa, great question. <laughs> you know, for some reason we're designed, we need to sleep. Because sleep, our brain is very active during sleep, but not in the way that we think of being active. We're active 
because our brain is language is 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 um, producing certain restorative chemicals and hormones that allow our bodies to recover and recoup. Um, for instance, for instance, um, pregnenolone and GABA, certain hormones that help the brain kind of kind of reset. Testosterone increases during sleep. Testosterone is, is considered to be the male hormone, but in actuality, everyone has testosterone, and it helps our bodies repair, helps our bodies get stronger. Uh, growth hormone, another reparative anabolic hormone produced during sleep. So when a person exerts themselves during the daytime, these hormones come out, help our bodies re- restore, and actually become stronger and better. So resting and sleep is a critical part of activity to get better. If a person is deprived of sleep while they're physically or mentally exerting themselves, they don't progress, or progress very slowly. By resting, because of the way our brains work and the way our bodies work, our exertions in the daytime have a much more uh, powerful impact on our lives and our whole existence after we've rested. Even mental, even thinking, studying, learning, whatever process you're doing using your brain, um, that uh, takes a lot of, takes a lot of exertion, takes a lot of energy. Now, just a little side point. Most folks don't think about this. The brain weighs about how much? How much does your brain weigh? Anybody have an idea? Uh, three pounds? I guess. That, that was my guess. How much? <laughs> three pounds. See, that's about right. Yeah. Well uh, done. Like a, a, mm-hmm. a good-sized cantaloupe. <laughs> Okay. And so, but how much of blood goes to the brain? Uh, at some point, all of it, right? Maybe? Well, I mean, when the heart pushes the blood out, what percentage of yeah. blood goes from the heart to the brain, do you think? Take a wild guess. Uh, 60 to 70%. That's, no, not quite so much. Um, okay. Between 20 and 30%. Okay. So brain, which weighs maybe about um, 5%, 2% of her body weight, between 20 and 30% of our blood flow. Hmm. That's enormous blood flow going to that small organ. Enormous. It doesn't even move. The brain just is static. It doesn't like muscles, heart, everything moves. The brain is pretty much static. But it's so active, it requires between 20 and 30% of the blood flow from our heart goes to our brain. The <clears throat> brain consumes an enormous amount of energy because it's very active. But in order that act- activity and energy to maintain itself, it needs times of withdrawal from external stimuli, withdraw and recoup, we call that sleep. And so we have to have a certain amount of respect for the restorative process that our brain requires in order for our whole body to function better. When you're tired, you know, the two most significant, most common causes of all injuries, all injuries, you know what the two most common causes are? Take a guess. Fatigue. Well, that's one. Sleep. Good. The second one is? Like a, like a sleep. Well, same thing, fatigue, like sleep. But the second yeah. one is? Dehydration, lack of water. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Because when you get tired or you get thirsty, you get very sloppy. And everything goes off. When you're fatigued, you, you just don't function as well. You're not as conscious. So the sleeping not only does help the body restore, when our brains are tired, we lose coordination, we lose speed, we lose quickness of, 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 of response, and our brain does not work as well. You know, there's a stat I've heard that says if you have even two nights of sleep deficit, 
it gives you the same effect as having too much alcohol uh, and driving. That's right. That's exactly right. And it's scary when you drive tired. So, oh, well, we'll, we'll fix it. We'll well fix who it doesn't we'll... drive tired? I think that's the scary part about things. It's amazing more things don't go wrong. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Talk about miracles. Yeah, we see one every single day on the highway. We sure Hundreds do. Hundreds of thousands of them every day. And the... Um, but now, there's a problem with the sleep stuff. We can talk about how important sleep is, but why can't people sleep? Right. Jason's question was very spot on. And why can't people fall asleep? And there's, there's some reason we can't fall asleep. First and foremost, and this is especially true for military families, and even actually for anyone who's involved in crisis situations, our hormone that keeps us, keeps us alert and keeps us on guard and ready and prepared is called cortisol, mm-hmm. the body's own type of cortisone. And cortisol keeps the brain awake and, you know, on guard, so to speak. So when our cortisol levels are up, we cannot fall asleep. You can't. No matter how hard to try. You can't lie in bed. You're wide awake. You're looking around. You're alert. Whatever. Your heart's pounding. You just, you just can't rest. So cortisol is, and it, we have to have that in our brain. If you're on duty, if you're on guard duty, if you're on alert of some sort, or if you're afraid of something happening, coming in to attack you, no matter where that situation is, you could be a nurse or a doctor in a hospital. You can be a, um, uh, a pilot. You could be a, driving a truck. You could be in combat. doesn't matter where you are. If you have to be alert and have to be ready for anything that might happen to you, your cortisol levels are going to be elevated. When your cortisol levels are elevated, your sleep is disturbed. You can't mm-hmm. wind down. Now, so the purpose. There are times you need to have elevated cortisol levels. You've got to have it sometimes. You know, and, and, and it's, it's interesting. You know, funny thing, actually, come to think of cortisol levels being elevated. Mothers of young children, of babies, you know, those kids cry in the middle of the night. Something happens, need to be fed or changed or whatever happens to kids and if you have hit kids, you know everything happens to kids when you're trying to sleep at night. God bless them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but that cortisol levels have to go up at nighttime when, you, when you're trying to be look, take care of your kids. And an interesting way that we're designed is that when a mother, for instance, nurses her child, oxytocin goes up, cortisol levels come back down, they can, she can fall back asleep. So she actually is rescued from that cortisol surge. Um, but in the meantime, us non-mothers, when we're having this hyper-alert stage, we have to find ways to bring our cortisol levels down to kind of unwind. So first thing is, if you're a cortisol-type person, which means you're alert at night, you can't fall asleep, you're wired, but you're tired, you can't wind down, you most likely have a cortisol issue. Now, by the way, you can diagnose this. Um, a simple saliva test. A lot of these labs, you can get them online. Um, saliva testing. You spit in a little tube at four times throughout the day and level, measure your cortisol levels and see where your whole, levels are holding. And you find levels go up at night and down in the morning. You're going to be wired at night and tired in the morning. So this little, little um, uh, tidbit to find is called cortisol levels. You get by saliva testing. Go online, find a test, and take it, see what happens, see what it looks like. So you know, Benjamin, another up, question. You can bring it down. What's that? Another question, though, you're talking about not being able to fall asleep. Right. But there's a second type that is very aggravating, and that's where you fall asleep dead to the world and wake up three, four hours later. 
and uh, can't fall asleep. That's, is that the same levels of cortisol peaking? That actually is something different. That's a different uh, system going on. Um, um, let me first give a little few tidbits about falling asleep. Good. Bring your cortisol mm-hmm. down. And we'll talk about situations where a person can't stay asleep. Okay, perfect. So not being able to fall asleep, the, most, the simplest way to do this is, taking, is either exercising vigorously will help bring in some people, not everybody, a little exercise, not a big workout, a little exercise them stretching at bedtime for some people drops their cortisol levels down and they fall asleep easily. If it wakes you up, don't do this nighttime, two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but for some people, that kind of physical activity calms the system down and they fall asleep. The next thing for cortisol levels to bring them down is taking melatonin. Melatonin is a great way to produce that sleep, and it's the safest thing, even in children it's safe. It's safe in children also to bring the cortisol levels down and the common person so they can get some sleep. So the way to take melatonin is a very important way to take it. You have to take it at bedtime. Not until you can take it like, like, like um, I don't know, a sleeping pill, have you fall, you know, kind of makes you drowsy. The way it works, take the capsule of melatonin. It's best you open the capsule and pour it in your mouth and swish it with some water and swallow it. It works best that way. Uh, then you lie down in a dark, quiet room. Within several minutes, you'll fall asleep because it would force the cortisol levels down and melatonin is a sleeping hormone. Your body can rest better. So someone called me recently and says, um, but I'm thinking about falling asleep. I can't fall asleep. And too busy thinking about it. She goes, oh, no, no. It makes me think I'm talking, like I'm talking slow. <laughs> so she complains that she's thinking so hard about falling asleep and worried about falling asleep that melatonin doesn't work on her because it, it's backfiring. Now, the way to do this is take melatonin. This is a very important technique, and it really works for a lot of people. Take melatonin, lie down in a dark, quiet room, and then you go through a process of relaxing your body parts one part at a time. Mm-hmm. Start with your feet. Make your feet tight. Five seconds. Relax. Make your calves tight. Five seconds. Then relax. Your thighs tight five seconds, then relax. Your buttocks five seconds, and relax. Your abdomen five seconds. Hey, but it's time. Okay, I'm getting <sighs> sleepy. <laughs> and you go the whole body the chest, arms, hands, neck. And each time you tighten and relax. As you go through this process, melatonin is kicking in the same time. Your body goes into a very easy, deep slumber. If you're the kind of person who likes to read at bedtime, if you read, after you take melatonin, it's going to wake you up. It's going to backfire. Mm-hmm. Melatonin, your mind has to be at peace for melatonin to take effect. So reading, watching television, you know, we'll get into that in the next segment. We'll talk about those things that stimulate cortisol at night that we think is relaxing us and actually backfiring, making it worse. But reading in bed especially if you take melatonin, will actually keep you up. It's, it's a Perfect. We'll be right back after these breaks. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages.
Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Super Bowl will air in 180 countries. And with that infamous coin toss for one day, most people will toss out their New Year's resolutions to lose weight. The Super Bowl accounts for 7% of an entire year of chicken wing sales. 48 million Americans will opt for having food delivered with pizza franchises seeing their sales double on game day. Domino's alone looks forward to selling over 11 million pizzas on Super Bowl Sunday. What's the word for food that contains unknown ingredients? Acompucky. Americans will eat over 100 million pounds of guacamole and 8 million pounds of tortilla chips on game day. What's the word for those folks who call in sick the morning after a little too much indulgence? Arfarfanoff. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. I want to take a little detour because one of the other issues that we have when we have sleep disorders is also perhaps a prolonged chronic anxiety session where our body just doesn't adjust as we wish it would. So do you suffer from anxiety that doesn't go away? Do you find that you hungry just to calm your nerves? Do you find that even being in a 12-step program isn't enough and you can't stay in recovery? And do you get agitated or frustrated easily? There is a genetic condition called MTHFR, deficiency, And it results in you not being able to manufacture enough serotonin, the brain's chemical that calms you down and helps you fall asleep. And when you're challenged in stress, it gets even worse. So it is a very unique condition. But if you have this deficit, if you're one of the tens of millions of people with this condition, you owe it to yourself to take a brief quiz right online, very confidentially. And if you need it, Try the Heroes Formula and Borage Oil from Vitabenz. This treatment is easy, safe, and inexpensive, and an all-natural supplement. The best part is if the quiz shows that you need it, you will begin to feel much better within a week. And some people have found that they begin to feel so much better that their doctor will take them off antidepressants. You can take the online quiz today at vitabenz.com. That's V-I-T-A-B-E-N-S dot com. And see if you do suffer from MTHFR deficiency. 
We hope you'll take a look at that and see if that might be the issue that is the underlying condition for your problems. And now we'll continue with Dr. Rothstein and the discussion of sleep. And and that brings up something that I want to ask as well. One of the thoughts that um, I've had sleep issues at times, I think everyone has, is that when I cover up that nighttime clock, that digital number that wakes up, I find that I'm not keeping track as much. I'm not as anxious about the lack of sleep. And I think it's hilarious. When you talk to people, they're like, yes, I woke up at 2.36 last night, which just shows you that everyone has digital clocks in their room. But is there something true about not keeping quite such close track on how many hours of sleep so that you're aware of, as Jason began, with the deficit clock? Because if that anxiety gets to be a cycle, then you don't even want to go to sleep. Ooh. Sorry. That's a that's real a, life example. That's a real life example. Those clocks actually really disturb your sleep, you should know. That like up on the floor. And it does help actually. But that's me. Right, no, the light that light actually um, that light from the clocks and also the lights and computers. Mm-hmm do a number on your head and it, it messes your sleep so uh, I find it's put a clock on the floor and I look at what I would look at now when it's looking at me all the time and I find that much better I'm sleeping with a watch by the way sleeping with a watch on will also disturb your sleep believe it or not believe it or not because the watch has a battery that somehow for some people resonates and it makes their bodies more agitated and they, yeah, they're not even aware of it they just don't sleep as well take a watch off at night time But is there anything to the fact about covering it up and not being quite so aware and anxious about the sleep deficit? Because I I do find that that helps me and has helped a number of other people, too. It's one of those tips you read about. Yeah. A lot depends, actually, because sometimes where our sleep cycles go, we'll wake up at some crazy hour in the middle of the night and, yeah, feel wide awake. Um and some will get up and start doing things and then go back to sleep later on when they're tired again. Um, I'm not really sure. I do know that in Chinese medicine that there's the hours, each hour corresponds to something else going on in your system. So you wake mm-hmm. up at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock, whatever time you wake up, says mm-hmm. something what's going on in your own chemistry. And that's an interesting, I just learned about it recently, it's an interesting concept that people find they wake up the same time every single night. Right, like some, 3 o'clock some. is liver and 4 o'clock is kidney. Yeah, no, I've, right. I've read about that as well. Go okay. to, if you don't mind, because we're zooming through this time, as you know. Do you feel like you finished the can't fall asleep part? Because I want to make sure you finish that before we go into the can't stay asleep. Right, I'm going to finish a little on the can't fall asleep. There's several things okay. that help you can't fall asleep. One is computers. Computers with an hour of bedtime will affect your sleep adversely. Period. Don't check it. Leave it alone. You'll be nothing's going to change. You now get your rest. Because the blue light from the computers, when the computers are designed to keep your mind attached and obsessed with that screen, can can drive you to stay up much longer than your body wants to stay up, and for nothing important either. That you think you're unwinding, you're not. You're winding up, not winding down. Hmm. The other thing about sleeping at night <clears throat> is caffeine. People tell me, I can drink a cup of coffee and fall asleep, no problem whatsoever. My question is, yeah, but in the morning, what do you do the first thing to get yourself going? Well, have a cup Mm -hmm. of coffee. 
Why? If you can fall asleep so well, why do you need coffee in the morning if you're rested? Well, I'm tired. Of course you are. Coffee after 2 p.m. will affect your REM sleep, which stands for rapid eye movement. Your REM sleep is where your body restores and replenishes and rejuvenates itself. If you're drinking coffee after 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it will affect your REM sleep. Period. I don't care how much you think you can sleep anyway. If you wake up in the morning and you're tired and need more coffee, that means you did not rest well. A well-rested person does not need caffeine in the morning to get going. It doesn't. Now, caffeine does enhance performance. Caffeine, several hours after you're up, one cup of coffee in the morning, say around 10 o'clock, 9 to 10 o'clock in the morning, is actually good for you. For many people, it helps your brain improve, helps prevent Alzheimer's, get you more active, more alert, whatever it is. But one cup, not a big, massive cup, a standard, ordinary cup of coffee. Can actually, or green tea is even better yet. That's a green tea. Because green tea actually makes you alert but calms the mind at the same time. So um, a little in the morning, that's fine. But, but after that time, after that time, it is, it's going to hurt you. So caffeine, any kind of caffeine, after 2 o'clock in the afternoon will affect your ability to fall asleep and sleep restoratively. Um, the next thing is, as far as falling asleep, is a, um, something called sleep hygiene. You ever heard of that? Yes, it's where you have a good routine that makes sleep the priority and not uh, additional activities, which so many people do. Right, exactly right. And it doesn't have to be a long time. It can just be a half an hour. It doesn't be four hours. I mean, half an hour, an hour max. Some people have bedtime prayers, they say. Some people meditate. Some people do some stretching. Some people take a nice hot, like a hot bath or hot shower. Some people do things to prepare for sleep so sleep can be effective. You know what's so interesting about that, Doctor, is, is that, that um, I, I have a, a one-year-old son, and the thing that we do in our house, just like most parents I'm sure do, is we set up for bedtime. <laughs> and we we spend 30 or 40 minutes, you know, sort of backing into to, to bed, and, um, you know, we establish that. And then I was just thinking in my head, well, darn, you know, like as adults, we sort of leave that, but we try to instill that with our kids. Where did we go wrong there? Mm. Right. Absolutely. So uh, I can talk for hours on this whole sleep thing, but I think important is the next thing about staying asleep. And let me, let me make about- one comment on the Jason uh, comment, because I, I think that, you know, young parents, um, have have a tough time. Those in combat have a tough time, and those who return from combat with perhaps PTS or a TBI have a hard time. So I, I'm very eager to hear you talk about staying asleep because those are the sort of things that tend to happen. So parents will wake up before the baby cries. Um, someone else will wake up because of night terrors. Look at a young uh, resident in medical training. You've got crazy schedules. So sleep makes a difference. So let's move into that second type of insomnia. So um, the second type of insomnia is oftentimes an anxiety or even a a mild, a flagrant type of panic in the middle of the night, and your brain processes through that. 
You mentioned on, on that live read about the MTHFR deficiency. That's mm-hmm. very real. It's very common in people. We see a lot of high-end people, very high performers and involved and dedicated to and so on, and they're riddled with anxiety, and they can't sleep, mm-hmm. and they're anxious, and they're taking drugs, or they're drinking alcohol, or they're, or they're, they're overeating, or they're, they have OCD, whatever they can get to kind of calm down that anxiety inside of them, and they're the ones who wake up in the middle of the night and can't fall back asleep. They're, just, they're mm-hmm. so riddled with anxiety. And so that's the genetic condition where you don't produce enough serotonin. Serotonin is, is turned into melatonin, and so the whole system is out of balance, and you can't rest well. So that, that test in the vitamins is a great thing to take to see if you need it or not. It applies to you. But also there's a certain type of, of lack of calmness of mind that, that somehow pops up in the middle of the night. This pops up. Your mm. dreams may happen. If you fall asleep, and something pops up. So then actually there's many reasons for that. One, some people are hungry. Some of the, the metabolism, they don't eat well and eat the kind of or junk food at nighttime or drinking alcohol too late at nighttime or doing something at nighttime that brings them to hypoglycemia in their sleep and they wake up hungry. And that, that, that hunger stuff wakes them up. Like babies cry at night. They're hungry. I want to eat. He's like crying because mm-hmm. they're hungry. We also, we wake up some middle of the night because we're hungry. So if you're not eating a well-balanced meal, especially in the evenings, you're not going to sleep well. Too much sugary stuff. Um, cereals and ice cream and cakes and all kinds of nosh and stuff will actually create hypoglycemia while you're sleeping and it wakes you up because you're hungry. Hence, you know, they'll get in the light and go to the fridge and eat something because they're hungry. So high protein, you know, higher protein in the evening Carbohydrates help you fall asleep, and protein helps keep you, keep you asleep. You get kind of a balanced meal there. Um, and then um, that's another thing. Now, the other thing is about falling asleep and waking up in the middle of the night is, is worries in our head. Wake up, wake up worrying. If you wake up and they're worried about something, you're just worried. What are you worried about? Okay, you're talking about me now. Uh, We're coming up on another break, and we will come back, and we will talk about how we dispel worry in order to fall back asleep and to get that restorative sleep and rest and all the functions that we need for the next morning. You're listening to Military Network Radio, and we'll be back right after these short messages. Stay with us. Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Salt is in nearly everything we eat, and many times it makes food taste so delicious. Even though the 2010 Dietary Guidelines for Americans recommends limiting sodium to less than 2,300 milligrams a day, Men's Health Magazine states that the average American takes in about 3,300 milligrams of sodium every single day. Your body needs some sodium to function properly because it helps transmit nerve impulses. It influences the contraction and relaxation of muscles, and it helps maintain the right balance of fluids in your body. But most of us are getting far more sodium than is recommended. Check out the sodium content in the foods you are eating and limit soy sauce, Parmesan cheese, bacon, smoked salmon, ramen noodles, and salami. 
it's time to kick the habit of too much sodium. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Thompson, co-founder of the Save the Elephant Foundation, was taking a rescued elephant named Kamla for a walk along the river. As they were walking, Derek decided to stop and take a dip in the water. But when he called to Kamla, who was waiting on the shore, the elephant thought he was in trouble and came running to his rescue. Kamla charged through the water, sheltering him with her body and offering her trunk for him to hold on to. What's another word for a trained elephant? A kooky. Elephant trainers in Asia are known as mahouts. And the padded seat or saddle used to ride on an elephant is called a howda. Kamla and her mother, Bai Tui, are among the 70 elephants the foundation has rescued since its inception. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're talking to Benjamin Rostein today, and we're talking about sleep and service. And right before the break, we were talking about the real difficulty of how do you fall back asleep when you have awakened for whatever reason, whether it's worry, whether it's you had alcohol before you went to bed, whether you're hungry, whether you're hypoglycemic. So, Binyamin, um, what are some of the tips and tricks that you can use to stay asleep? And if you can't stay asleep, then how do you fall back asleep restfully and without increasing your anxiety about it? Okay, so I'm going to dissect that a little bit. The first thing about the why you can't stay asleep, if it's a worry thing and a stress thing, it's a very, very simple, sounds almost juvenile, but it really works, way of doing it. It's called forgetting things on paper. If your mind is racing, paper and pen, do not do this on electronics. It's paper and pen or paper and pencil, and you start writing down your thoughts, your racing thoughts, whatever they are. Most people find that, that once you do that, if it's on paper, you won't forget about it now. It's already there. I can relax. I'll take care of it in the morning when I wake up. So it kind of, it's, it's reliably in, you know, put away someplace, and you can stop worrying. It's already there. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, is, that, is that you have to make it go back. Go back to the night. What did I do wrong the night before? What was I, what was I eating right? Let's say before I was having a high-protein meal or caffeine or whatever it is. So you want to make sure your system for the next night <laughs> won't do the same thing as that night. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, now, some people, by the way, just a quick aside, some people find they wake up and they roll back to sleep and not a problem for them. And that's okay. People's bodies do that sometimes. Do it sometimes. The next thing to do is that. I'm going to go through kind of quick. so much to go through. So I'm going to through a lot of pointers one by one. The exercising where you just relax, you know, tighten and relax your muscles, start from your feet to your calves, thighs, buttocks, belly, chest, arms, shoulders, neck, hands, one by one for five seconds and release, gets your mind in a much more rested, restorable uh, place. Um, Some people are hot at night or cold. The temperature is not right in their room. Most folks don't realize people sleep better when it's cool. You sleep better in a cool room than you do in a warm room. May want to be warm, snuggled up in a cold room, but the cold air actually helps her bodies sleep better. 
mm-hmm. like around 65, 68 degrees, and our bodies and minds actually rest better through the night when the air around us is cool. Even require a blanket to be snuggled up into, our bodies still relax better in, the, in, in a cooler room. You think better in a cooler room, cool rooms seem to be better for our overall functioning. Um, now, the, the, another hard part is dealing with traumatic events that can, can haunt people in the middle of the night. They wake up, startled, a haunting traumatic event occurs. And it could be a shock happened to the day. It could be any kind of event. If it's a combat-related event, it could be a car accident, it could be something yelling at you, it could be whatever traumatic event occurs to a person. But the haunting that wakes you up can just make a, wake up almost like in a panic, and mm-hmm. you just can't sleep. You're, you're just so disturbed, so distressed from that. That requires a very multifaceted approach to, to, to relieve that. The first thing, of course, is preventing it by not having caffeine after 2 o'clock in the afternoon, exercising sometime in the day, whether it's at bedtime or, be, or hours before, so your body can relax better. It's about having a proper kind of meal, so your chemistry is pretty much set up. Then you've got to worry about you taking take melatonin to bedtime will also help to prevent that from happening. Um, and some people need to meditate. Maybe listen to music. Certain types of music are very good for sleeping, sleep waves. Now, these, they have these gizmos out there that produce different kinds of wavelengths to help the mind relax. Mm-hmm. Um, alpha, beta, gamma, and delta waves to help the brain relax. It depends what you want to do with your, with your mind at that point in time. If a person is struggling from a traumatic event that was disturbing them, they may need that kind of a, of a treatment. There's machines out there that you can go, you, it takes a lot of searching line to find the right one that works for you, that will actually put you in the right, I think it's a beta or gamma sleep. Delta is for concentration in the daytime. I think the beta or gamma will help you sleep at night. Um, and probably there's two very powerful things I found people can take so that they can sleep better and relax better. One is a product called Gervital H3, GH3. It's been around for since the 1920s, 1930s. And it's a um, proof of uh, Dr. Anna Aslan back then in Bucharest, Romania, thought of this brilliant idea, and it does work to calm the nervous system down. That seems to help a lot of people relax. You take it as a capsule or take it as a tablet, you take it, Empty stomach before bedtime, your mind will be at more peace in the middle of the night. So it's GH3, and you get it, um, uh, get that all together online. It's a tablet, you take empty stomach at bedtime. When you fall asleep, it'll help you stay asleep. A very, very powerful approach to treating this sleep awakening issue is through homeopathy. Homeopathy is, is, a, is a marvelous science. I'm sure, Linda, you've sure heard of homeopathy. I have. I've used Jason? it. Oh, Jason, you've heard of homeopathy, Jason? Yeah, yes, sir. Okay. And it, what it, it takes a substance that, that really does one thing, and by super diluting it, it does the opposite. Like, for instance, it takes, it takes coffee, which keeps you awake, and you dilute it through this homeopathic process that puts you to sleep. But you need a homeopath to help guide you as to how what remedy to take and how to take it. And it does help the mind and body calm down. So a person's really struggling and nothing else seems to work, get to homeopath. Find a homeopath 
and they'll go through your symptoms and what's going on with you and prescribe a remedy that will enable your mind and your body to relax and stay relaxed for the night. It's, it's, it's a marvelous science that people poo-poo because it's so dilute. It, it's like nothing's there, but it works because the, the pellet or the water is imprinted. It's kind of energetic resonant medicine if that's kind of like into quantum, quantum mechanics. And it does create a sense of the person being able to relax and stay relaxed throughout the night. So you know, when all the- else fails, home- homeopathy is probably one of the better ways to go for something like this. You know, having homeopathy is, is a really interesting way to do this. One of the things that we keep hearing about are that so many soldiers come back and they are having breathing difficulties. So the VA is big now on CPAP machines. Hi. CPAP machines are lifesavers if you need it. They're a lifesaver. But if you don't need it, like anything else, you're just trying to cover up a symptom. And that's the problem comes in. Many people need it, and they just have a better quality of life. A lot of folks all need is oxygen at nighttime. They take a point of oxygen and cannula to their nose. They can breathe oxygen when they're sleeping. It does, does the same thing. But some people are struggling with something else in their life, and the CPAP doesn't really strike the issue. It makes them uncomfortable. They just make sense of mask on their face and drives them nuts. So um, the reason people have sleep apnea are many-fold. It could be allergies. It could be obesity. It could be there's, there's something that's out of balance in their head and neck, and the structure is out of balance. It needs to be rebalanced. Um, cranial osteopathy, I found to be the best way of doing it, approaching it. Um, it could be that a person um, is somehow emotionally stuck and they can't take a normal deep breath and relax afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People get shocked or traumatized. They're, one of the first things that goes is their, their breathing gets, gets <gasps> and they, you see them. They can't take a real deep, calm, satisfying breath. And so without that ability... It's going to affect you even when you're sleeping. You just can't, I can't rest. I can't relax. I just, I get relaxed and I can't, I can't, can't stay relaxed. <sighs> you're <laughs> laughing. Be, I know, I know I just took a deep breath. Cause <laughs> <laughs> and so what happens is we, 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 get, we lock ourselves up. Mm-hmm. And that's a way of treating that, you know, seeing it, treating it tru- structurally. Um, homeopathic can treat it. Acupuncture can treat it. Really Serious hard exercise can sometimes do it. First, you really push yourself. So you get out of get winded. Um, but even with all that, some people, if your body is out of balance, now I'm going to talk about something a different topic for a few seconds, and you'll see why. One of the problems with with not sleeping enough, you do what you do, do what you got to do to stay awake. And how do people stay awake? What do you do to stay awake? You do two things. You take caffeine, or Jason, what do you do? You nosh. You eat. Yeah, you eat. <laughs> Sorry. Right, you do a munch. You're munching away. They're munching away to stay awake. They, you don't. No one yawns with a mouthful of food. Ever notice that? Thank God. Yes, <laughs> You're kind of disgusting at the dinner table. But people eating keeps you awake. So people eat and nosh to stay awake. 
And so, you know, it it brings up something though that they found uh, in um, downrange that people were taking Red Bull and stimulants. And of course, there are times when you must. Special forces know all about that. Um, but that is a really tough cycle to break out of. It is tough. It is tough to get out of that cycle. Well, they took it out of, uh, you know, the exchanges because it just was very unhealthy, as you know. Um, oh. So we have about a two, less, little less than two minutes. Tell people how they can find out more about you and where to find more information because I don't want to miss that. So what is the name of your website? It's called the Integrative Pain treatmentcenter.com it's a long one integrative pain treatment center.com perfect and we have just one minute to the end and I, I think that one of the things that I, I'm, I'm going to close with is that you know this is obviously a much deeper issue that we could have talked about for two or three hours so we may bring you back to have a, a sleep number two show because that's kind of important to every single person. And I think that when we can get into better sleep habits, everyone is kinder, nicer, warmer, more productive, energy is high, and all those things matter. So thank you for sharing your expertise on this. And there's more information at integrativepaintreatmentcenter.com. And if you like this show, Go to militarynetworkradio.com where we'll have more shows for you that will give you more information. Benjamin, thank you for your time this morning. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance 